What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Clark and Bobby are here with you this Wednesday, uh, looking at Mark chapter 14. Yep, Mark 14, and we're going to look at a few different things that stood out to us from this chapter. Yeah, it's a long one. It's like 70 verses. Like an eternity. And uh, for me, what, what stood out was just right away, looking at the first verse, it says, Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. Um, for me, I just found myself asking, you know, why is it important that it was the, the festival of unleavened bread? Why was it important that this was around the time of Passover? Mm-hmm. And so just want to connect this, connect the dots for you. This goes all the way back to the time of Exodus. The reason why there's a festival of unleavened bread is because on the night that the, the Spirit passed over and took the firstborns of all Egypt when it was the last of the ten plagues, the, the God's people didn't have time to put yeast and leaven in their bread and allow the bread to rise. Mm. They had to eat unleavened bread because they had to leave really quickly and get going. And so mm-hmm. what's interesting is this Passover is all about Jesus. He is the fulfillment. If you think of other New Testament writings, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Paul writes how Christ, <clears throat> our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. What would happen in Exodus 12 is that at the time where the Israelites were about to leave Egypt, uh, they, they took a, a lamb without blemish or defect, and they killed it. And then they put its blood, again, around the doorposts of their house, and the Spirit passed over them. Mm-hmm. And so what's cool, too, just looking at other connecting points, is this happened on the 10th day of Nisan. Nisan was a month that those people followed back then. For us, it'd be mid-March into mid-April, right around the time we normally have Easter. And uh, this is the same time Jesus came marching into Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And so if you ever want to get nerdy and have your mind blown, you can study this. And there are so many different connecting points and similarities between the story of Exodus 12 and Jesus, the Passover, his sacrifice, his death, his resurrection. There are tons of of, uh, comparisons, connections, and that kind of thing. But what's interesting to me is that Jesus not only is fulfilling the Old Testament, making the Old Testament even more valuable to us Mm -hmm. today. Like, it's not some old dusty book that doesn't matter. We learn a lot about God, His heart, our inability with those people as well. But again, how it's foreshadowing Christ and how He's the only one who could do this for us. But if you picture Jesus hanging with His disciples, Jesus literally had told them His plan. Right. And yeah. and so you think about the end of the story mm-hmm. where they're they're sad, they're confused, they're baffled. Like, how could Jesus die? What happened? Um, look at verse verse uh, 26 and 28 with me. And this is what it says. If you, Quinn's eating her lunch here with us. So, again, yeah, that's her right there, the gurgling. Um, it says, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it's written, I will strike the shepherd, the sheep will be scattered, but after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. It's like, dude, Jesus literally just told you, I'm going to die, but I'm going to come back from the dead, and don't worry, I'm going to go ahead of you, we're going to reconvene in Galilee. And um, if you're reading Mark before this, there are three different times Jesus straight up told them, I'm here to die, I'm here to die, I'm here to die. And it just doesn't go over well with the disciples. And I'm just thinking back in my life, how often I feel like God's given me a promise um, or even just something in life, whether it's a situation at home or at work where 
I fret, I get worried, and how quickly I forget about, you know, what, what's been promised and mm-hmm. what God has guaranteed that he will do. And I, I forget about God's past faithfulness, too. Yeah. Where here, it's like the disciples, you're in the flesh with Jesus Christ. He's told you multiple times he's going to die. And yeah. then we all know you guys lose your minds, you run and hide, and it's just sad and chaotic. And, and I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I give him grace. I got to give myself grace. But uh, hold on to God's promises. Remember what he said and cling to his word because he knows what he's doing. Yeah. I joke, but I think that's why the women were at the tomb. Because like, the Bible talks about how they went there to mourn, but I think it's because they remembered. Probably. <laughs> like, no, oh, wait, that was Galilee. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so what stuck out to me was a little bit about the Lord's Supper too, and it's specifically um, verse, <clears throat> I'll read 22 and 23 that stuck out. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Um, then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, and they all drank from it. And um, if you've ever read anything by Anne Voskamp, she really rests in this Greek word. She actually uses the Gospel of Luke, but she points out this Greek word that's here called eucristo, and she breaks it down to the different kind of emphasis on all the syllables. But really the miracle in this is um, the beginning of each of those statements. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And the same with the cup. He took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them. Yeah. And how <clears throat> the miracle hasn't even happened yet. Um, so the miracle of Jesus going on to the cross, dying and being resurrected. And then even this miracle that we get in this union through the sacrament of communion, taking and eating it, mm-hmm. that hasn't happened yet right here. But Jesus is saying before he broke it and gave it to them, he gave thanks. And really there's just this picture of how when Jesus died, um, his blood spilled out and there was a multiplication in the kingdom of God because of his sacrifice. And the same is true for us when we experience um, the reality that we get to walk in this covenant relationship with him when we take communion. The bread is broken, it's given to us, and we believe that Holy Spirit multiplies um, just the reality of his closeness and his presence in our lives. And the same thing, just um, <clears throat> when we walk with Holy Spirit, sometimes in life things will happen and you're going to be broken. And God often uses these experiences of suffering, hardship, trial, um, because out of those things, there becomes this closeness in the brokenness with him and a multiplication because you're able to use your testimony of healing or your mm-hmm. testimony of abiding with God um, to encourage or just to just to witness to who he is. And so there's this odd picture of being broken and giving thanks uh, for the kingdom of God. That's actually a really beautiful, yeah. uh, miraculous thing. And so that kind of stuck out to me a little bit. And you'd say that even with the biblical image of pruning... <clears throat> Where you cut something back, and, and pruning being cut, that doesn't sound fun, but so that there can be multiplication. Right. And I'm just looking in our kitchen. What are those What are those glass mm-hmm. things hanging off our wall called again? Propagators. Propagators. Where <laughs> Bobby's got this hobby of propagating, where you, I don't know, you cut a plant, right? And then you hang a plant in the glass base off our wall, and then it, it multiplies, right? Right, right. And so it's the same basic idea in the backyard, too, with the garden, with the plants. It's actually a really, really good thing. It's actually a design that we're not um, 
<clears throat> we're not doing this to hurt you, but we're doing this actually so that you can um, be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of the same idea here with with um, the Lord's Supper, with Eucharisto, is that it's actually this beautiful picture that we get to walk into mm-hmm. the reality of. And then we were also talking <clears throat> about Peter, kind of a main character in this story mm-hmm. and how we can really resonate with him and right. his kind of failure here. So Clark was talking about how the Old Testament and the New Testament just walk in this deep uh, unity together. And so I feel like often we just read the Proverbs. And so sometimes the Lord will remind me of things when we're reading. And so Peter's denial was one of those times um, where I was reminded of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 when the Lord tells us um, through the scripture not to lean on our own understanding. Because that's exactly what Peter is doing here. Like Clark said, they didn't understand. Jesus tells him his plan and they did not understand. And then Peter literally says, this is verse 31 I'm going to read to you. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. And so there's just um, this, you know, conviction that we know what's best, that, you know, in our own strength, we'll be able to do what we think is best. And so Jesus is is just so gracious and kind with his disciples and with us too, because what happens when Jesus gets taken, um, and not only does Peter deny and disown him, but he does it multiple times, exactly like Jesus said. And then we get to verse 71. read that? It says, Immediately the rooster crowed the second time, and then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you'll disown me three times. And he broke down and he wept. So I think what stuck out to me in that is just the realization of our own finiteness. You know, Peter's weeping, Jesus is gone. It's just, it's just got to be calamity, frightening, what's going, confusion. Um, And that brought me back to Proverbs, just... um, you're a human. It's okay to have these emotions, but in the in the end game, like I'm with you and and I'm telling you these things, and don't lean on what your mind is telling you, what your emotions are telling you. There's this line that I heard from a, a psychologist that said, "Don't believe um, everything you think. Don't believe everything you think, because even in our minds, anyway, that's a whole other topic of conversation." Um, but what kind of I left with from verse seventy one and Peter's denial and this whole thing. Um, is that Peter becomes the rock. Uh, Jesus comes back and he reinstates him. Yeah. And um, what's so beautiful about the whole picture is that um, in his humanness, Jesus continues to, to meet him where he is. A whole, the Holy Spirit's poured out and there's this um, empowering that happens, but it's not Peter in his own power. It's yeah. not Peter his own way. It's actually Peter um, with the Holy Spirit, Peter leaning not on his own understanding, kind of what I was talking yeah. about back in Proverbs 3. So that's what stuck out to yeah. me. Well, and then that that quote at the end, Jackie Hill Perry, uh, we really appreciate her writing, her speaking. If you ever have a chance to look at Jackie Hill Perry's stuff, it's gold, very helpful. Um, But she has a line too, right, where she says, you can't be obedient to God without God. Yeah. And it sounds so elementary, but it's actually a really profound thought. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to Peter's denial, our own strength and ability in life, we can't do godly things without God. Yeah. So just know the Spirit's in you. Uh, he's with you. You're never alone. And we're saying, God, please help us to become aware of your presence and uh, we'll be faithful in what you've called us to do. So, yeah, yeah Mark 14 is a lot. Um, but dive in. Read, write it, pray it, share it. Pray it over. Say, Holy Spirit, what do you have for us here? And I think after Mark, we're going to be jumping. We have Mark 16 on Friday, and then we're going to be jumping into the book of Revelation. 
So excited for that. Also, just another heads up, we're going to start recording some podcast in a studio at church. And so uh, we'll have the audio still made available, but pretty soon it will be an audio and a visual recording that will be on our social media accounts and online if you want to see us. For some people, it's helpful seeing the speaker. Other people, audio is great. So that's coming your way probably within the next week or two. Yeah. Thanks for listening, you guys. God bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. Have a great day.